Thanks for tuning in to How's Things, a podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library, recorded right here in Wellsville, New York. I'm Nick Gunning, and I'm joined today by Malik Acosta. Malik, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Always. It's always a pleasure. We're talking Bruce Lee today. <laughs> Wait, was that a Bruce Lee? Yeah, that's a Bruce okay, Lee. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. I wasn't as dramatic as him, but... Uh, uh, yeah. You know. No, he goes for it. Oh, yeah. He really does. Yeah, he doesn't hold back. We've been talking about doing a Bruce Lee episode for so long now. Right. Since the last time you were on, we were talking, what, Phyllis Wheatley? Was it that long ago? Yeah, it has been. Wow. It's been a while. Okay. Well, now the time has come. We're going to be talking Bruce Lee a little bit later in the episode. But up top, let's get into our bookmarks and see what we've been reading. Okay. What about you, Malik? Anything uh, exciting lately? Uh, so I've uh, been really on this Be Water, My Friend. Okay. Uh, it's the teachings of Bruce Lee. Okay. It's, it's written by his daughter, Shannon Lee. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a really good book. Really. So is it like, a, it's not really a biography, though. It's more like no. philosophy, and, philosophy and that sort of thing. Okay. Philosophy. All right. It's basically about how you can apply Bruce Lee's philosophies to everyday life. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Kind of how the podcast. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I've been listening to the podcast. Yeah. We can get into that when we get to a Bruce Lee time. All right. So recommend? Thumbs up? Oh, definitely thumbs up. Nice. Okay. Thumbs up. We just uh, finished, it was recently banned Books Week, and we did Beloved by Toni Morrison for the book club. Woo! That is a rough read, is let it? me tell you. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a really interesting book club discussion because it's a dark story, and it's pretty upsetting, uh, but the discussion we had was really good. So it's yeah. that kind of book you have to kind of, it's not really enjoyable, but it's like good and well-written and interesting to talk about, but it's just so... Really dark. Really dark. Is yeah. it the... Uh, because I know they it was a movie adaptation. Yeah. Is that the same thing it with is. Oprah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that was one of the, I would say, most mind-twisting movies yeah. I've ever seen. I oh. love thrillers like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it threw me for a loop. The book is the same way. It's really? like you just never know. It, it switches. Like sometimes it'll be in the past. Sometimes it'll be in the present. There's supernatural elements. Yes. It's just... Uh, yeah. Horror. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> yeah, right. Man, yeah. Great. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, is it if, good? if you if you like scary movies, yeah, you'll you'll like it. Huh. But if you're not into scary movies, it's one of those movies that'll stick with you. It's funny because I didn't really. This wasn't. I mean, I've always known of the book. I didn't know what it was about, and I would not have guessed that it was supernatural and had this kind of like spooky element to it because it really did. It really did. I wouldn't ex- when I watched the movie. I didn't expect that. Yeah. So it really took me by surprise. Huh. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So I read that, and on the lighter side, I read a biography of David Cassidy called Could It Be Better? You know, I love 60s, 70s music, right. you know, and so I'm, I always love these things. And I found this at our book sale, actually. It was a David Cassidy autobiography. Really interesting read, just about... Because he went from, like, nobody knowing who he is to being, like, the most famous person, like, ever. Right. And then that lasted, like, three years, and then it was like, oh, we don't care about you. So, like, his life is just... Really? It was a weird. It was interesting. Interesting read. I didn't realize it was quite so many ups and downs. But so, so was he a musician? Or? Yeah, okay. David Cassidy was in. Well, it started as a TV show, The Partridge Family, in the seventies, okay. and they made albums to go with the show, kind of like how the Monkees started. Right. And David Cassidy was just like a breakout star. And so, right. while the show was going on, he would just tour all over the world and would go crazy. I mean, people died at his concerts, just getting trampled and like. Whoa. 
crazy. Okay. Crazy. It was it was an interesting read though. I liked it. Ah. I'm getting into a Halloween zone now. I'm reading Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, which is our Halloween book club pick. And I've, I, I saw the 1960s movie version, and then I saw the recent Netflix show, Haunting of Hill House. Did you watch that? Uh, I don't think so. Do you like that kind of thing? Are you, I, do you I like do. horror? And, yeah, okay. I, I, I do like horror. Okay. I do. I, do yeah. I thought Haunting of Hill House, the, the Netflix show, was pretty good. I don't think it really is very connected to the series outside of just kind of borrowing some themes and the title. But it was good, and I'm enjoying the book so far. We're going to talk about it a little bit more in the next episode. Uh, but that's it for me, uh, bookmark-wise. Have you watched anything good lately? Um, I had... Well, what did I watch? Uh, what was the name of that movie? Uh, the one uh, you said you had watched it, and then I just picked it up last night. The animated... Uh, was like Oh, the, Soul of the Dragon? Soul of the, the Batman Dragon. one. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really enjoyable. It was fun. And the Bruce Lee element to yep. it. And, you know, at the end, he's he's fighting, and he's like... Yeah. He, he kind of gets this epiphany that he the best fighter in the world right i, I love that twist. Yeah. that yeah and then i'm thinking like we doing the podcast about bruce lee today I know. and to see that i was like that was, well that's uh that was enjoyable so that's part of the uh, D- dc does these regular animated movies and we have a lot of them in the in the collection we do. often they're sort of connected to each other this was just a complete standalone it's an animated batman movie set in the 70s right. and it's Bruce Wayne teaming up with a comic book character called Richard Dragon who they clearly modeled after Bruce Lee in right. the movie like right, the old right. 70s comics he's just like a white dude okay. you know he's not he's not anything like Bruce Lee but the but the sh- movie sort of changed it so he's a Bruce right. Lee type which I thought was a cool change Oh yeah that was that I like that yeah, yeah, yeah I like that I quite like a bit it. too We've been watching some HBO Max stuff we just finished Mayor of Easttown which is like a murder mystery show. I think it's seven episodes with Kate Winslet. Oh, okay. And it was good. It was twisty. Like it was, I, I wasn't sure where it was going to go. Uh, and we were, we were pretty invested in it. We, the last three episodes, we were like, oh, we got to watch the next. Oh, we got to watch the next. You know, All like right. we kind of just kept going. So that was really good. Uh, and then we started Hacks, which is another HBO show about a, like an aging stand-up comic who hires a young writer to punch up her stuff. Okay. Pretty good so far. Yeah, the Kate Wislet one. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we just put it in our collection. We today, did. The DVD I, yeah, just I came just in. Yeah, I just seen it. And, yeah, uh, I was wondering what it was about. Yeah, so, yeah. It won so many Emmys. Like yeah. she, she won. Uh, it won. I think I don't know. It was nominated for like 16 different oh, awards. Wow. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty high regarded. I think. Yeah, I'm uh definitely check that out. I love um just suspense and. Mm-hmm. Anything with a climax at the end, yeah. you know, where you it makes you think uh-huh. and you surprised at the end. Anything like that, thriller, I love. Yeah, oh, I agree. As soon as we finished Mayor of Easttown, we were like, darn it. Because, need like, we need, we need another thing. We need another, like, mystery show. So oh, yeah. that's the way it goes. Are you a James Bond fan? I am, yeah. Because I know the new, well, the final Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Uh, no Time to Die is out this month. Okay. Are you? Did you watch all the Daniel Craig ones? I did. Yeah. I really enjoyed all of them. I thought it was really uh, the, the action was was uh, like next level. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what they really they yeah. put a lot of emphasis on the action scenes, and that they were like larger than life. That's true. That's true. I still there's a foot chase in Casino Royale where they're running through a construction site, and I think about that all the time when I'm thinking about oh. like favorite action scenes because it's just so good. When they go all, all the way up on the 
like scaffolding yes. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah, one of the best best I've seen. Besides that's a really good Tom one. Cruise, mm-hmm. that's, that's probably that's the, way to the go. next level, yeah. I didn't like Quantum of Solace, the follow-up to that, and I didn't really care for the most recent one, Spectre. Okay. I thought those both were kind of like, Meh. who's your favorite James Bond? Um, I, I probably would say Daniel Craig. Yeah? Yeah. That's a solid choice. Yeah. I, when I was a teenager like we i had a buddy and i and we just like watched them all like back to back to back and i had like all the vhs tapes <laughs> and i always really liked the like the 70s ones the roger moore ones yeah. like the spy who loved me and moonraker okay. and yeah. you know even though they're kind of corny you know yeah. i just yeah. they're fun i haven't <laughs> they watched them fun. in a while uh the, the, what was it paris bronson Bronson. yeah yeah golden eye those and, ones were pretty good yep, too yep you know, tomorrow never dies smooth yeah he was yeah. he was a good blend i feel like of the sean connery's more like gruff style and roger moore just being a little like lighter and more fun i feel like right. pierce brosnan was a really good blend of those yeah are you gonna see no time to die oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'm excited to see it definitely all right, let's roll into some book news. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. So here are the New York Times bestsellers. I went with hardcover fiction this time. So these are hardcover fiction bestsellers for the week of October 10th, 2021. Number 10, we have Daughter of the Morning Star by Craig Johnson. This is the 17th book in the Longmire Mystery Series. A player on the Lame Deer Lady Stars high school basketball team receives threats. I tr- this, there's a show of this. Have you heard of Longmire? It's a mystery show. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It was on, I feel like it was on something kooky like A&E or something, and then Netflix picked it up. I watched the first couple, but I never got into it, nor did I get into the series, so I don't really know much about it. Uh, number nine, 21 weeks on the list, The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. Hannah Hall discovers truths about her missing husband and bonds with his daughter from a previous relationship. And this one's been pretty popular. This is part of the Reese Witherspoon book club pick, oh, which oh. I guess is something that people care about. So, oh, yeah. Reese, you know. is, that's, that's big time. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's big time. <laughs> number eight this week, uh, new this week, Bewilderment by Richard Powers and a st- astrobiologist and single father learns of neurofeedback treatment that may improve his son's emotional control. This looks like it has an Oprah sticker on it, but it's so small I can't tell, so don't quote me on that. (laughs) (laughs) Number seven, three weeks on the list, Beautiful World, Where Are You? by Sally Rooney. A novelist, a warehouse worker, an editorial assistant, and a political advisor deal with changes. Just changes. I guess we have to guess what kind of changes yeah. they're dealing with. <laughs> changes well, of any kind. I heard political in there. So how are you? With, that's true. How are you with change, Malik? Uh, after this book, be honest. Water, okay, I'm 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 getting better. Okay, all right. <laughs> Number six, two weeks on the list. Vince Flynn's Enemy at the Gates. This is by Kyle Mills. Anthony Cook, an autocratic president, distrusts Mitch Rapp, who's working to uncover a traitor. They made a movie about this series a while back with Dylan O'Brien. And Michael Keaton, I can't remember what it was called. So that's not really relevant or helpful to the conversation. But there was a movie about it, and I don't think anybody liked it. Okay. (laughs) Number five. (laughs) Eight weeks on the list. Billy Summers by Stephen King. How do you feel about Stephen King? Love Stephen King. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Favorite Stephen King? Uh, I would say my favorite Stephen King. uh, I just actually seen it in the last couple years. uh, But first, I was always on The Shining. That was always my favorite. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, but since I watched Pet Cemetery, oh, I, I had always heard about it. Oh. My sisters used to tell yeah. me about it, but this was my first time watching it, and that was one that stuck with me too. 
definitely sticks with you. Yeah. yeah. Eric and I, you know, we would read a, a Stephen King book every year. We had for years. We're reading Cycle of the Werewolf together this year, which is when I he picked. I don't know anything about it. But he had picked Pet Cemetery a few years back and we read it and it that is probably the most upsetting Stephen King novel I've ever read. So heartbreaking. It is. And it, yeah, it really does stay with you. I mean, Salem's Lot also yeah. pretty dark, but boy, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. That was one like I couldn't read at night. I had to like read in the light of day and then like wash it down with something light and sunny. Did you see both movies? No, I haven't seen any of them because oh, I couldn't. Okay. The book was just too much. Yeah, it's an older movie. Yeah, I know and that. They redid it. So it's a newer one, too. Oh, yeah. Pass. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. can't. <laughs> no way. Well, you probably won't like no, I beloved the, the movie. Yeah, oh, you don't think so? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Stephen King has a book on the list here. Eight weeks here. Billy Summers, a killer for hire who only takes out bad guys, seeks redemption as he does one final job. Again, this one's getting pretty good marks so far. So, I tend to not like when Stephen King does more procedural, like murder mystery type okay. books. I guess I like the more horror-y, supernatural-y kind of stuff yeah. versus just like. A murderer. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four, new on new on the list, new this week. Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Clune. I've, I've never heard of this. When given seven days to cross over, Wallace tries to pack in a lifetime's worth of living in that week. Okay, just in time for Halloween, I guess. Yeah. Number three, with two weeks on the list, Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. Another dark, difficult book, uh, Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Oh. Came out a few years back. It's a slavery story that takes the Underground Railroad and imagines, like, what if it was a real, like, train, like a real railroad. Oh, okay. Just an unusual... Yeah, that's a, a little twist Yeah, here. and it won everything. Like, I, I read it and was kind of like, I don't know, it's fine. And then it won, like, the Pulitzer Prize and the Goodreads Choice Award. And it just yeah. won everything. So I looked like a real idiot saying the book wasn't good. But I think the ironic part about that is... When, if you don't know anything about the Underground Railroad, yeah. that's the first thing that comes right. to your mind when you yeah. hear it. Yeah. So maybe that's why, you know, that was a good plot for it. Yeah, it know? could be. I feel like lately we were talking about this in the book club. It came up with Beloved uh, because that's an older example. But it seems like a lot more when you're doing like a slavery narrative, there's a lot of that like magical realism in right. it, you know, where it's it's a realistic setting, but there's a vaguely magical element to it. Right. There's a book called... The Water Dancer by Ta-Nehisi Coates. And it was the same kind of thing where it was just a traditional story and the main character just had this power to like teleport. Mm -hmm. And it was just everything else was really normal about it, but one character could teleport. It was just a strange, (laughs) interesting, again, interesting book club discussion. But Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. Here's the plot. Ray Carney, a family man who sells furniture on 125th Street, gets a new clientele made up of vicious and unsavory characters. Was that the number two? That's the one. This is this is the new one. Yeah. Number three on the list. Harlem Shuffle. Okay, it, it kind of just brought something to my mind. I have watched this uh, series called Lovecraft Country. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't think I could get into it because after I watched the yeah. first two episodes, it was just a little, mm-hmm. you know, too magic and too much magic yeah. and mysticism and stuff like that. But I ended up watching the whole series and it was really good. So, yeah. yeah, I, I do want to see that. I remember years ago, because that's based on a book. I can't remember the, the author's name. But again, Eric, you know, our old pal Eric. Oh, Eric. Uh, <laughs> Had read the book years ago and oh, really? loved it. Yeah, so he, it's, it's, it's good. We talked about the book quite a lot in early episodes of the All the Books show. And so when the show came out, I was like, hey, it's that. So maybe I'll check it out. Is it 
I mean, it is. It's like supernatural. You it, said it's right? Supernatural yeah. Supernatural is, is is really gory. Really, oh, is it gory? Gory. See, really, I can't. Really dark. It, mm. it, and that's why I just couldn't stop watching. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm really not into uh, the 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 magical. There's uh-huh. a lot of shows like that. Yeah. Now, oh, that's know, for with, sure. You know, yeah. magical uh, witchcraft and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, it's you know if you like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> you would like it. It's, I've only heard positive things about the show, yeah. but the gore—that's what always. Yeah, it's very. Gore. That's what always keeps me back. You turn your head a lot. <laughs> 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 Number two, new this week: the Jailhouse Lawyer by James Patterson. Man, take a rest. You know, uh, James Patterson. Man, just put your head down. Take ooh. a nap. James Patterson and Nancy <laughs> Allen. <laughs> A young lawyer winds up in an Alabama jail that remains mysteriously crowded. All right. Number one, two weeks on the list, Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty. The Delaney siblings suspect their father of causing the disappearance of their mother. Did you Did you watch Big Little Lies or read the book or anything? Uh, heard a lot about it. Haven't yeah. watched it. There's Big Little Lies, and then I, they also made a show out of nine perfect strangers another one of her books which i haven't seen that one i haven't seen the show big little lies but we read a bunch of the uh we read a bunch of leanne Mori- moriarty books in the book club moriarty yeah similar they're all kind of similar to each other so it's not she, fun she's on the list a, a couple of times oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah she's she's kind of a powerhouse these days if she puts out a book it'll it'll end up here okay. on the list but that is the hardcover list for the week of october 10th uh, so let's get to the man of the hour, Bruce Lee. Yeah. I don't even remember how we got on the topic of Bruce Lee, but somehow it came out that you love Bruce Lee. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, we were talking about comics and everything. Okay. And I, I think I brought up Bruce Lee, and you were saying that you wasn't at, that familiar with him. Not then. <clears> I am now. Right, right. And, <laughs> and like Bruce Lee is such a, a big part of the culture. Yeah. Like Muhammad Ali. Sure. He's like one of those heroes like mm-hmm. that when it comes to, you know, um, Fighting, and yeah, MMA. yeah. May uh, a lot of people say MMA actually started because of him. He yeah. was he was really doing the MMA kind of stuff back when you know before he started uh, doing his movies. Okay. So how did you get into Bruce Lee? Is this? I mean, did you watch the movies when you were a kid? Has it always yeah. been a? Th- oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so always. So basically, uh, back in the uh, early eighties, mm-hmm. um, my mother and my uncles and all them was into Bruce Lee. Okay. Because that's like right after he died. Yeah. When he was really just his yeah. legend was just really uh, circulating, and um, they talked about him so much, and. They they was like my uncles and my mother was like you're gonna love this mm-hmm. so they took me uh, I think it was like one of my first movies oh uh, big screen that I had ever seen okay and I, I seen them that one time and I was just like oh, oh was it is... Enter the Dragon or what uh, I, I'm I think it was the uh, one with Chuck Norris oh okay way of way of the Dragon yeah I know because I just watched it a few right. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good thing you, it, you yeah I know I know yeah and I I just was after I seen you know what he could do yeah it just was like it just was oh man so this has been like a lifelong amazing. thing for you oh, basically yeah, yeah, okay yeah, yeah. all right so you've seen the movies a million times and all that oh, yeah. you, you oh, like yeah. just pop them in it's kind of funny like every time i'll lose the collection maybe through moving yeah. or you know moving towns or something like that but every time i bump into it i'll just recollect mm-hmm. anytime i see a mm-hmm. special edition magazine anything that has to do with bruce lee i'm, I'm on it yeah 
I read your special edition magazine that you yeah. have here. It was really interesting. I I mean, I think we share this love of these commemorative magazines. Oh, like, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Anytime I see one of those, like, I have to get it. Yeah, you I know? just got a Muhammad Ali one. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see them, they're so yeah. expensive, too. So I'm Oh, like, yeah. But I'm like, you know what? This is, I'm going to have this for the rest they're of They're like life. $13. Yeah. They're so expensive. <laughs> but they're, I mean, the Bruce Lee one was really good oh, because it was, um, yeah, because a lot of great pictures, first yeah. of all, a lot of just facts about his life life and childhood and, and little facts about the movies and everything. So that was actually kind of a helpful primer to kind of get to oh, know yeah. Bruce Lee. I knew it would. For me, I used to watch The Green Hornet. Okay. And that was like, that was the extent of what I knew about Bruce Lee was him playing Cato in The Green Hornet. Oh, wow. Because I watched, when I was a kid, an FX, uh, they would show Green Hornet, uh, the Adam West Batman, and like the Linda Carter 1970s Wonder Woman show. Oh, okay. Those were just kind of on like all the time, and I loved all of them. Right. And of the three shows, the Green Hornet, even though it kind of looks and sounds like the Batman show, the Green Hornet show is actually pretty serious. Like it's not goofy or campy. Okay. And Cato, I mean, Bruce Lee as Cato in that is just such a standout. You know, yeah. like he's. Have you seen it much? Uh, yeah, I've okay. seen it. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, Cato is not the star of that show. Right. It's not called Cato, you know? But he's <laughs> not just. In America. That's true. Right. You're right. That's true. In China, it is, yeah, right? It's exactly. just called the Cato show. Right. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Because he is just so interesting to watch, right. you know? And reading up about the Green Hornet. Uh, I read in your magazine here and then a few other places they were talking about how originally they intended for him to just sort of, you know, be, be a slugger, you know? Right. And he was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I'm going to do my own thing. And they let him. Yeah. And it was just so unusual, I think, at that time on American TV to see first like an Asian man, right. you know, sort of co-headlining a, a drama series was a big deal in the 60s. And to have him really like embracing that culture, and I think it's just unlike anything people had seen before. Yeah, it was something so, new, you, you know. And that's, I think that's where a lot of his magic comes from. Um, just how he revolutionized yeah. action. And yeah. It, to me, just from knowing him for so long, yeah, from since I was a kid, I look at action films differently mm -hmm. than a lot of people. Like Bruce Lee fans probably think the same way, but we realize that uh, Bruce Lee is pretty much innovated in oh, for sure. all these action uh, scenes that we watch. Mm -hmm. uh, most of it comes from what he did yeah. when he was um, yeah. becoming a movie star. Well, I'd always, like, you know, Cato, of course, but, like, I'd always known the name Bruce Lee and knew that he was, like, a cool martial artist. But, I, <laughs> you know, that was really the extent of what I know. But it is interesting to look at his career and the kinds of things that he you know, pioneered really, you know, in, in filmmaking and, and just the way martial arts are presented. Uh, I think you're right. I think yeah. that really trickled out into a lot of different things and had an impact on that. Cause as we were talking before we started recording, right after he died, there were so many copycats and like mm -hmm. trying to just like jump right in there oh, and yeah. do more of that, like continue what he started because he, I mean, he really, even though Cato in, in the States was like a big deal for him, Enter the Dragon was like the thing that was supposed to sort of be like he has arrived. This right. is this is Bruce Lee, and think right. of all the amazing things he's going to do. It you know ended up being his last picture. But looking at his history, I thought it was interesting that he grew up a child actor. Oh yeah, yeah. His uh his parents uh was stage actors. Yeah. So he was always around it. A lot of people don't realize that he. Uh, I think he had 
I don't I don't I, don't quote me on the exact number, but like fifteen films, child films. Yeah, yeah. Before he even was into you know got good at martial right. arts. Right. Yeah. So he he just grew. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing about him. He just grew as he got older. Yeah. You know. So what is, um, I mean, I want to get into like the philosophy in the book and, okay. and just like the, the things outside of just the movies, but let's talk for a minute about the movie. Do you have a favorite of the movies? Um, I really don't have a favorite. I like them all, you know, yeah. it's just, uh, the fighting scenes are, are just so, because, you know, I, I always hear, hear him say martial arts is an art. Mm-hmm. It, it's expressing yourself through movement yeah and i can just see that through everything he does yeah is you know i don't think he was an amazing just actor yeah but his acting through his through the movement is is just is something that i've never seen before yeah no i agree still to this day <laughs> i i mean i enjoyed all the movies but i feel like way of the dragon the chuck norris one okay that's the one that stood out to me the most because it's so funny it is you know like the the other ones are a little bit more straightforward and that one is like intentionally kind of a comedy yeah. you know which again i feel like was kind of unique for the time to have this sort of like action comedy <laughs> especially the villains like yeah the villains. yeah but you know a lot of uh movies is like that they they really exaggerate oh sure a lot, so. yeah uh, like the one villain no, in no that subtlety movie. yeah oh man he was just hilarious <laughs> yeah he was and you know it's uh, it's just it's interesting to watch it and I wish that you could listen to it like in the original language because right. I only ever heard them like dubbed right, you know not right. you know I would have rather like had subtitles or something but um that movie is is funny and it's still like action packed and exciting and that battle with Chuck Norris in the end is yeah. pretty epic oh, I mean yeah. it's it's a it's quite a thing. Oh, it really is. I mean, to this day, is a show called The Joe Rogan Show. Have you ever heard of Joe Rogan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, so they was, maybe about a year ago, they was just doing um, a show, and they was showing that fight scene, because, yeah. you know, he an MMA guy, mm-hmm. and they were showing that fight scene, and really, uh, really, they was kind of critiquing it, saying what was real, and what could really happen, and mm-hmm. what couldn't um you know, they really can't yeah, do that. Yeah. They think they're experts like that. Uh-huh. But, you know. And yeah. So I was just watching it, watching them break it down, and it, it, it's, it's really mm-hmm. epic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, it's a long scene. It's not it a is. short fight, you know. <laughs> and it's just the, two, just the two guys there. It's lit, funny. And again, to go back to the comedy of it, there's a cat in that scene <laughs> that just, like, keeps getting in the way and showing yeah, up. And yeah. it's just... It's so unusual because it's like this big, it's a climax, you know? I mean, it's the big, this is what everything's been leading to. And it's serious and they're like really going for it. And then every once in a while they have to kind of like stop while a cat just kind of like wanders through. (laughs) And I just think like, what a weird choice, but it works for the movie, you know? Um, I I think I heard somewhere that Bruce Lee directed that scene. Mm. Um, So that just kind of shows you his his mindset yeah uh, you know he was just so creative such an artist mm-hmm. that's just you know you know god gives some people just special talent yeah and he was definitely one of them yeah it was interesting to see the change from because enter the dragon i'm trying to remember like the timeline right so you have Green Hornet in the 60s, right. and then post-Green Hornet, he doesn't really get a lot of work in the U.S., right. and so he goes back to China right. and makes, what, Fist of Fury and Big right. Boss and stuff like that, and once those start really getting big, then like 
U.S. filmmakers start paying attention again right. and do Enter the Dragon, which is like really the first of his American, well, right. first and only, I guess, of his American release movies. Right. So when you look at like the Big Boss, the Big Boss is the one where they're in the like the ice factory, right? Yeah. That one's pretty fun. I like I, that. One. I like that one I a lot. That one. Yeah. Because I think that's the first time people really seen just one guy fighting oh, yeah. 20 other guys. Yeah. And, you know, and they just taking turns getting kicked. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. They get punched in the head. Yeah. You know? yep. so I always think when I watch those scenes, I'm like, if I was one of the guys, you know, if I see five guys get kicked in the head. Yeah. You, not, you don't want to be. I'm not running up. You I'm don't want to be number six. No way. You don't want to be number six. <laughs> no way. Well, it's funny because that one, I mean, it is a little corny. I mean, it's sort of right. hard to deny that it's kind of a corny movie, but like in a fun way. Right. You know? Right. And the the sort of gimmick of that is that he's, that's the one where he's vowed no violence, right? Yeah. He goes and he's yeah. not going to, he's not right. going to engage, not going to get involved. Right. And then, you know, when eventually something happens and he like cuts loose, it's a pretty cool moment. But the, the acting in that, uh, you know, the the whole idea of, you know, trying to, uh, you know, anger management yeah. and, and, and trying to not fight mm-hmm. and then being pushed to that point where you can't hold it back no more. Yeah. And he just captures that. He does. You know, well, once the, he gets mad, it's just like, whoa. That's the thing that sells that movie, I think, is that he is just so compelling to watch. He's right. just interesting to watch. Like all the choices that he makes him sitting there on screen saying nothing. He's interesting. Right. You know, <laughs> so I don't know how, but like right. he is, but what I was saying with that, with those and like fist of fury and, and even way of the dragon, you can kind of feel the lower budget, right. you know? Right. And then when you get to enter the dragon, which is like the big Hollywood one, it's much more, I don't even. I can't even put my finger on what's different, but you can just kind of feel the money. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, they, you could tell that they. It was a how like they put money behind it. Yeah, you know the other films kind of felt in like independent mm-hmm. films, lower budget. Yeah, you could tell at that one. Uh, it was just so much, so many more resources. Yeah, which was cool, right. and I like that. But I, but I did kind of miss the lo-fi feeling of the earlier ones too. Like right. I, I think there's. There's a, a charm to that, you know, right. when you know that it's like shoestring budget and people are just like <laughs> doing this. Uh, I think it, I think it really works for the big boss in particular. Right. But um, so you so you didn't have a stand. You don't have a favorite. They're just all yeah, sort I, of. I, I just love them all. Yeah, I, I really do. love okay. them all. And the, the thing with me is I've always been uh, like a kung fu kind of guy. Like okay. I, I love watching. Like I used to watch the uh, old kung fu movies where the guys yeah. be flipping up. And they have long <laughs> yeah. hair. Yeah. Yeah. And for me. Those were so like fantasy because they was you know they was doing things that human beings can't sure, do like yeah. jumping up on mm-hmm. roofs and and so Bruce Lee just brung that realness where it was yeah. like he would flip and you could tell that's yeah. really him yeah like flipping over people's heads uh-huh, and it's uh-huh. like that's real his physique is also interesting oh, like you know man. he'll just like flex a muscle or something and you're like what like is that how human bodies work like right. it's you know. <laughs> A lot the, of body, the, even the bodybuilding yeah. um, field, yeah. they, they practice a lot of his techniques. Yeah. You know, they model a lot of the things they do after him. You know, now they're more into the getting real bulky. Sure. But back in the 70s and 60s and yeah. 80s, they were more about the shape, the physique, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I think that was that was a lot of his focus, too, right? He was trying to, he was trying to get the power without sacrificing, like, the ease Speed, of movement. Like, right. he doesn't want to be bulky. Yeah, he wants to be strong. Flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that was in, that was interesting as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the philosophy because okay. 
when we when we started talking about this forever ago, I started listening to the Bruce Lee podcast that the Bruce Lee like family foundation puts out right. and um, Shannon Lee, his daughter is the main host of that. And that is more focused on, you know, the philosophical, like his philosophical teachings and just like sort of the way he lived his life, which again, not things I knew about. So right. what was your, what was your experience with like the Bruce Lee philosophy? Did you know about that or how did you? Um, so as I got older, yeah. that's the part that was new to me. Okay. Um, so I knew he could fight. I knew, you know, about his act and I knew about his movies and everything. Uh, but as I got older, even in the last five years when I, I, you know, I've been into philosophy myself. So I've been jumping into his story Mm -hmm. and I realized when he went to college, I think in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. he majored in philosophy. Okay. So he was always a really deep thinker. So he was working out one day and got injured and he got injured, hurt his back really bad to where he couldn't uh, practice Kung Fu. He couldn't teach. He couldn't do anything. So at that point he started writing on mm-hmm. his philosophies down yeah and that's when he really embraced the, mm-hmm. you know the the um the psychology of, yeah. uh, and and everything uh, of kung fu and well, how he, it applies to life yeah well he was for everything i've read and, and again hearing his daughter on the podcast he was very much like against idle time so like any time right. where like you said he's laid up being injured or something right. like he's gonna find something else to do and so it kind of comes out there. Have you listened to the podcast? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so I started that really, like, that was kind of the first thing I did, really even before I saw the movies and stuff. And it is, it's interesting. Like, it's I would recommend, I don't think you have to be a fan of Bruce Lee to enjoy the podcast. It's an yeah. interesting conversation. And some of the some of the little, like, tips that right. they've talked about, I found myself, like, thinking about in stressful situations or whatever. Yeah. I sort of think, like, <laughs> this is like what they were talking about at that podcast. Right. And then it's sort of like, huh, okay. All right. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. And Have I, you read a lot of his writings? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it's a, a, a book called The Tao of Bruce Lee. Okay. I mean, it's written by a guy named Davis Miller, but it's kind of like a biography. It talks about his life a lot, but it talks a little bit about his philosophies. Mm-hmm. But Be Water, My Friend by Shannon Lee mm-hmm. is basically like the podcast, but written in, in a okay. novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, all it, it talks about is... Uh, applying these philosophies to your life in mm-hmm. any situation mm-hmm. um, like his main focus was kung fu right but you know she kind of breaks down how you can apply these things to everyday life to mm-hmm. your career to um, to your family mm-hmm. to you know self-help you know yeah and and, and that's that's you know those parallels um, as I'm reading the book was was just amazing to me I was like wow it's just, it's kind of fascinating to see all of the different things that he got into, you know, right. during his relatively short life. Another one uh, is fashion. You right. know, he was oh, sort yeah. of like, at the time, he was just like trendy and cool, like it's stylish <laughs> and, and known yeah. for that style. That's something that I think is still talked about. The fact that he was just like on the cutting edge of what was fashionable and, right. you know, it's just what a strange grouping of like interests that he all sort of pulled together pulled and, together. and just made yeah. work for him. See now in uh, the one book, the Tower of Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um, now, this is from the perspective of, of this Davis Miller. Okay. Um, and, and in the book, he kind of puts a lot of emphasis on the fact that Bruce Lee wanted to fit in with Americans so bad mm. that, that was kind of one of his 
um, I guess you could say downfalls. Okay. To where he he just wanted to fit in and be a part of the American culture. So oh, okay. Bad that, okay. Um, he he went really hard mm. to try to fit in. Oh, okay. And and you could kind of tell that you know that's how the view in in that book. Yeah. Is. Okay. Okay. And I've never heard anybody talk about him that way. Uh-huh. I was kind of offended, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, truth is truth. It, yeah. it, it, I could I can kind of see how that could be. Yeah. True. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. He's got a couple. Uh, the looks like he Bruce Lee himself wrote and published two books during his life: Chinese Gung Fu, the, the Philosophical Art of Self Defense, and Tao of Jeet Kune Do. Yes. Have you that's, read? that's his philosophy yeah. of Kung Fu. Uh-huh. So he wanted to create his own, um, like his Kung Fu, karate, taekwondo, yeah. all those different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was his specific form uh, that he that he taught and that he uh, kind of built from the ground up. Yeah. Because he was a teacher also that we haven't even talked true, about. True, that's that. true. That's right. He had schools. That was his main. Fo- so he wanted to be an actor. Yeah. But as he was waiting to be an actor, he was teaching. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he taught a lot of Hollywood stars. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and just normal people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so many elements to him. Yeah. It's yeah. actually a, a, a show on. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. It's on a couple uh, platforms, and it's I think it's called The Story of Bruce Lee or something okay. like that. It's a series. I've seen that around. And, I mean, I haven't watched it, but I've yeah, seen it. Yeah, and that kind of breaks down from his childhood to his death. Mm-hmm. And uh, the you know the actor in that one, I think he really captures you know the essence of Bruce okay. Lee pretty good. Oh, interesting. Uh, thirty-two. He died when he was thirty-two. Yeah, just amazing. Man, that's just yeah, man. It really is. You, uh, we were talking about the, so many copycats. Like right after oh, you know he died, have you watched many of those copycat movies? You know, I started watch because it was this void after he died. It was this void that everybody felt. Yeah. Um, especially in the African uh, American community, people loved Bruce Lee. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, why do you think that is? It was just, you know, um, the Chinese people had faced a lot of uh, racism and stuff sure, like that. Yeah. So it was like a connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bruce Lee was a, a real advocate for equality and stuff sure. like that. So I think it was just a resignation there um, in the African-American community. And, you know, the women loved him. They thought mm-hmm. he was handsome mm-hmm. and all that. So a lot of people just gravitated yeah. towards him. Yeah. So, you know, we was constantly looking for that next best right, thing. Right. And nobody could come even close. Mm-hmm. It was it was like watching other people try to be like him. It, it was painful. Yeah. You couldn't even watch it. You're like, no way. Yeah. It, it was just terrible. It's amazing to me that nobody could even to this day, it, it's just that's how special he was. Yeah. I I mean, do you are you still I mean, do you do you watch like martial art movies oh, that yeah. are okay. Yeah. All right. The the for me, the only person that I really like, even close to how I like Bruce Lee, is uh this guy named uh, Michael Jai White. Okay. And he's a martial artist. He's like in his 50s now, but mm-hmm. he been, he actually was, you remember the Spawn back in the 90s? Yeah. That, that Spawn movie? Yeah. That's that's Michael Jai White. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, All right. And he's been practicing this whole time. Oh, wow. You know, his his uh, movie career never really gravitated. Okay. So the animated series that we was talking about, not the series, but the movie. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. Way of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. He's the voice of the black guy. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's Michael Jai. Oh, White. that's cool. Yeah. All right. You, yeah. You should check him out. His, some of his movies is really good. He's, he's his, He plays the bronze tiger in that, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the character? Yeah, yeah. 
he also plays that character in Arrow, like live action. I don't know if you ever watched that Green oh, Arrow no, show. No, I never. But he he voices the character in that show, but he played him in live action on the Arrow show as well. Oh, really? Which is kind of cool. Oh, I gotta see that. Episode. Yeah, yeah. Cause I like okay, Green so Arrow. there so there was nobody that like he's the closest one you feel like right. that you sort of follow after that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, if people have never seen a Bruce Lee movie or know nothing about Bruce Lee, like how would you suggest they start? Um. It, it all depends. Uh, it all depends on if you like books, mm-hmm. if you like movies, yeah. uh, if you like philosophy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so many different ways you could approach it. Um, I would probably say the best way to approach it would be to start with the movies. Yeah. Because it's something about movies when, when you watch movies that piques your interest. Sure. And, and it makes you really curious about the characters. Mm-hmm. So once you watch the movies, it's easier to dig deeper into yeah. okay who is who's that who is that right right you know and then you want to see who that is and you start googling and all that kind of <laughs> right stuff. i right. always do that when i watch movies yeah so yeah okay well it's been funny this year we've talked a little bit about batman soul of the dragon but there were several martial arts movies that were all sort of coming out at once which right. happens sometimes because we had the gi joe movie snake eyes right. which i still haven't seen uh, i, st- I want to see it. i've heard mixed things about it we, it's not on disc yet so we don't have it out here i think it's i missed it when it was in theaters and then it was like you know super expensive to rent so right. i just i haven't done it yet i do want to see it though were you a gi joe fan oh yeah, yeah. okay I, I watched the cartoon growing up and um and I watched all the movies that mm-hmm. they, they just made. Yeah. Okay. Except that one. I haven't seen that last one. This okay. Last one. Yeah. Uh, there, so there was that. And then, of course, Shang-Chi uh, for, for Marvel. Did you Have you seen Shang-Chi? I didn't get to see Shang-Chi. I, I, I want to see it, though. I definitely want to see it's it. It's kind of... So the comics... The comics... Shang-Chi goes back to, like, mid-70s or something. And to me, it's pretty clear that... I don't know that anybody's ever said this, but it's... It seems pretty obvious that they're trying to do like Bruce Lee in comic form, you know, Uh, and it doesn't age particularly well. A lot of like racial stereotypes and things that, you know, you read it and you're just like, oh, a little cringy, (laughs) a little cringy. But Shang-Chi, there's some new newer series like Gene Luen Yang writes the new Shang-Chi comic and uh, that's supposed to be really good. And the character I feel like was big in the seventies around the Bruce Lee time. And then just kind of vanished. And now the movie's sort of bringing it back. I think you'll enjoy oh, Shang-Chi. I, know I, will. I, know I, I think will. it's a lot of fun. It, I mean, it, it definitely has some of its Marvel tropes, but I think Simu Liu is really good in the role. And it's just, uh, it's, it's cool, but it's also like the martial arts stuff to me seemed really good. Like they used a lot of practical effects. It's not a lot of like CGI to make things happen. You know, they really, you know, tried to do it old school and I'm sure they cheat here and there, but I think visually it's, it still looks pretty good, you know, but yeah, it just seems like there's been a little bit of an interest in that. Like CW has a new version of the Kung Fu show on right now. So more and more, I feel like that's kind of like cycling back around to being in, you know, in uh, in public interest again so yeah it's been that void that void has been there for a while now yeah. where they just haven't been you know making any kung fu movies or anything like that um a lot of them been like low budget yeah uh, so if you were a kung fu fan you might have seen a lot of stuff you know like scott atkins uh he a newer uh actor uh kung fu artist that's, okay. that that does a lot of movies john claude van damme still mm-hmm. still doing movies yes he sure is <laughs> still good um, but yeah, it's just been that void um, for the big screen. So it's true. Uh, yeah, know, that's that's, that's yeah. I can good. hardly I can hardly think of the last one. So, are you like 
you know, if you if there was a big one of those like twenty kung fu movies like in one case, like is that something you would buy? Would you oh, want yeah. that? You would. Yeah, okay, so yeah, you like even the even the corny stuff, oh, yeah. even the not good yeah. stuff. You're now like <laughs> some of it. I, I'm I'm not into too much. Um, okay, yeah, like for me, it, it's got to be good a good plot, mm-hmm. good fight scenes. Some of it is you know. Like the fantasy stuff, I'm not really into. Okay. Um, I like a little realness, yeah. you know? So, yeah, not everything, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. at least good quality. Was it, I feel like it was Enter the Dragon where Jackie Chan even got his start. Didn't he? Jackie Chan worked um, with Bruce Lee, like, I, I think so. In the and early I, days. I kind of feel bad because when you mentioned um, new, you know, oh, people yeah. since Bruce Lee, I didn't mention Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I apologize, but Jackie Chan is amazing. He, oh, you he, okay? So you're, you're a Jackie Chan too. fan? Yeah, okay, okay, definitely. All right, he's amazing, and and he's another guy. Like when you really dig into his story, he he's because he was always living in that shadow of Bruce Lee. Oh, for sure. And he yeah. carved out his own his own thing, and he he's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, I think you know if you're thinking of like American audiences and like Hollywood movies, you think of like Rush Hour and that sort of thing. Right. But I mean, his career goes back to the '70s, oh, yeah. and you know he did a lot of the stuff like sort of in the void of Bruce Lee. I think right. Jackie Chan has a couple of right. He's got a couple mid '70s like oh, yeah, kung fu yeah, movies. Yeah, that, he, got, yeah. he even has some of the like the remember the ones I'll talk about where they flying in the air. And yeah. Right. He, he got a couple of those too. Yeah. That's where he started. Yeah. yeah. Jackie Chan been around for a long time, and and that's another thing. Just to see the growth, yeah. Uh, to to see him when he was in his twenties to even now, mm-hmm. um, it's this movie with uh, Jackie Chan and uh, Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the name of it. I wish I would have wrote it down. Like, but it's I know what really you're talking about, movie. and I can't remember it either. Like Jackie Chan, his daughter uh, gets yeah. killed. And yeah. Gets, oh man, it's an amazing movie. It's is it just called The Immigrant? I it, it might. I think it might be something like that, but it's an amazing. It's one of the best Jackie Chan movies that I've ever seen. The Foreigner. The Foreigner. Foreigner. Yeah, it's called The Foreigner. That is a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, I and that's kind of a, a a latter day Jackie Chan. It seemed like yeah, he sort of stopped doing things older, for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. and in the movie he's like a sixty something year old guy, yeah. which he really is. He's sure, yeah. But still, the fight scenes, the mm-hmm. flexibility. You know mm-hmm. how he. He'll do all the little tricks. And yeah. Fl- yeah, he's he's amazing. I always loved. I mean, I loved I loved the Rush Hour movies. Oh yeah, me too. And the uh, watching the blooper reel of like Jackie Chan, <laughs> just you know. Yeah, that's so funny. Just throwing his body like all right. sorts of places. You know, Get I mean, it's injured, just, like, yeah, break twenty bones on one movie. Just going for it. Yeah. Just going for it. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. That's pretty fun. All right. Well, we have what is the book called? Okay. Uh, Be Water, My Friend. Yeah. Uh, the Teachings of Bruce Lee by Shannon Lee. So that's right here in the collection. I know we have Enter the Dragon and a couple other Bruce Lee things right here. And, of course, we can always get them for you uh, from anywhere in STLS. We even have some kid stuff. Uh, who was Bruce Lee? You know, the Who Was, oh, who that's, was yeah. series. Yeah. We have that. Uh, we even have a graphic novel. Not here at our library, uh, but we have a graphic novel in Horseheads. It's called The Boy Who Became a Dragon. Oh, yeah, because uh, a lot of Chinese people know Bruce Lee as the dragon uh-huh. because that was his birth. Like, he was literally born in the year, the day of the oh, dragon. Oh, okay. So that's why people call him the dragon. Okay, all right. Yeah. And so that one's available somewhere else. That one is in Horsehead, yes. Cool. All right. Uh, any other any other recommendations or anything like that? Are you movies um, in this book? There is actually a DVD, How Bruce Lee Changed the World. Okay. Now... If you're not into kung fu movies, but you just want to know about Bruce Lee's life, mm-hmm. 
that is a, a, a documentary oh, okay. um, a DVD that we have here at the Wellsville Library. It's called How Bruce Lee Changed the World. We okay. have it down in the stacks. Oh, that's right. I remember that one. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Great. Well, this was fun. Oh, man. This was my favorite you'll have to when you, uh, when you watch Shang-Chi, you'll have to report back. I'm interested oh, to yeah. see if it holds up because, I mean, you're, right. you're old school with oh, these yeah. kind of movies. So I need to know. <laughs> yeah. I need to know if it's legit or not. See, I'll take your word for it because you've been digging into Bruce Lee for the last two months. That's true. I have, so if you yeah, liked it. I've then, been in a Bruce Lee zone. Yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, Malik, hey, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Next time, Sally Jacoby Murphy's going to be here. We're talking Halloween. We're going to be talking about the Haunting of Hill House. That's going to be next time. And uh, we'll see you then. Woo!